Hello, this is Zach Driscoll welcoming you to the Real Men Podcast. This podcast is specifically designed to equip men of all ages. My dad's heart has always been to build up men to be strong followers of Jesus and future leaders for their families. We want to build men up, not beat men up. For more Bible-centered resources like this, visit realfaith.com slash realmen. Now get ready for this week's Real Men Talk from my dad, Pastor Mark. What an honor, what a privilege, what a joy it is. We've missed you, we've been praying for you, we're really excited to see you, and you're surrounded with some great guys, and I just want to thank the table leads in advance for just taking leadership and making this thing happen. And uh, if you're new, it's really easy. The new guys always start by confessing their most recent deepest sin. So we're going to give you, no, we're not going to do that. We want to be the guys who are here to build you up, not beat you up. We want to help encourage you. We want to invest in you because we love you, we care for you, we believe in you. And our primary vision and mission is to help you grow as a leader. Really our time together, guys, is leadership development. First and foremost, lead yourself. Then if you've got a family, lead your family. Whatever responsibility you've got to work, lead at work, lead in church, lead in the community, whatever God would have for you. Right now we are facing a global, national, regional, local crisis. There is just a complete true or false deficit of godly, sane leadership. It's an epidemic and we can't fix everything, but we want to help you fulfill God's destiny and calling on you as a man and as a leader. So that's, that's why we're here. So kind of how it's going to work. And thank you to those who are joining us online. If you guys can't make it live, we always simulcast online. But the way we do it, I preach generally through books of the Bible on the weekend. We just started a brand new book of the Bible called James, written by Jesus' kid brother. And uh, what we do then is we do men's ministry, real men, pivoting off of James. And your, if your wife is in a, a women's group with my wife or your kid's a student in students with my son, the reason that we're all going through the same book of the Bible, whether it's men or women or students or singles or marrieds, we're all going through the same book of the Bible. Here's why. If you are a husband and or a father, we want to help you to spiritually lead your family. And so if everybody's going through the same book of the Bible, you can open it up at the dining room table. Mom, what are you learning? Kids, what are you learning? Here's what dad's learning. The end zone for what we're doing here is that you would take what we do and do it at your house, at your table. That you would be the leader, you would be asking questions, you'd be opening the Bible, you'd be praying. And our hope, prayer, and goal is for all of you who are husbands and fathers, that you would be the pastor of your little flock that you call your family. And our whole prayer and goal is to just help you do that in any way that we possibly can. So a couple of things just uh, to get us started. If you don't have a good Bible, maybe you're brand new. This is a Bible. I mean, you know, who knows? Um, many of you men have gotten your first Bible here. There are a couple of your table leads that came as non-Christians, got their first Bible, became Christians, and now they're table leads. If you don't have a good Bible, we bought stacks and cases of these for you. It's a great study Bible, lots of notes. A cow gave its life for the cover. I mean, this is, we're very committed to this. You just let your table lead know, hey, I don't have a good Bible. We're gonna give you a brand new Bible tonight and you can take it with you and start reading it. In addition, there is a study guide. I tend to write study guides to help you get ready to have discussions with your family and or with your table. And so it's an introduction overview. It lays out the sermon series. It'll help you read that section of the Bible going into the sermon that week, help you take notes, take it with you. We love you. We're wanting to help you get into God's word. And if you're watching online at Real Faith, you can download an ebook copy for free. Uh, that being said, 
here's the book of James. It's about 1700 words. You can read it in about 30 minutes or so. What I would really encourage you to do is on your way to and from work, redeem your commute. You can go to something like version, and they'll actually read the Bible to you. Turn off, let me just tell you this. We're gonna talk a little bit about joy today. If you wanna increase your joy, you need to decrease your political news coverage. Amen? Yeah. Just, I'm just saying, there's no, there's no joy in government right now. And I would tell you, just turn the radio off and instead have God's word read to you. Most of your men, your commute is probably 20 to 30 minutes. Just think of this, you could listen to the book of James to work and from work every single day during your drive. And you're gonna go through the book of James dozens of times in our time together and you'll get God's word into you and that'll help you get into God's word. I wanna make this really practical and really simple. Now I'm gonna pray and we'll get into the talk and then we're gonna leave lots of time for you guys to discuss. If you need prayer for anyone or anything, we're gonna pray for you at the end. We're those guys, that's what we like to do. And we got a great testimony for you tonight as well. Father God, thank you so much for an opportunity to meet with incredible men that I have the utmost love, respect and appreciation for. Thank you for those who are joining us around the country. And God, uh, there are some in our nation and other nations that their churches are closed. Uh, their government is throttled back. We thank you for our freedom. We thank you that we can meet. We thank you that we can use technology and Holy Spirit. I just invite you to kick us off with a really good, strong, healthy, encouraging start as we begin real men in our fall season. And uh, Holy Spirit, we invite you to reveal to men what you have for them and what is next for them in Jesus' good name, amen. All right, so we're gonna jump right in. Uh, we're only gonna look at just two verses tonight, James chapter one, verses two and three. And the theme is leading with joy through trial. Now, the trial is gonna happen. The question is, are you gonna lead and are you gonna have any joy? The trial is going to find you as a man, as the leader, you've gotta decide I'm going to lead through it and not just lead through it, I'm gonna find joy through the trial. And uh, as men, we don't like to talk about what we're going through. How are you doing? I'm doing great. No, you're not. You know, how's it going? Fine. Anything I can pray for? No, that's not true. We're all in it. We're all in it. And so we're just gonna be the honest guys. This is the real part of real men. We're just gonna be real and be honest and say, yeah, yeah, here's, here's, here's what I'm going through right now. Here's what he says. Count it all joy, my brothers. And around the table and here with you, these are your brothers. If you've been looking for your brothers, you found your brothers. If you've been looking for some guys to do life with, who share those values of, I believe the Bible, I do love Jesus, I wanna do what the Bible tells me to do, and I'm just trying to figure out how to do it, congratulations, you've come to the right spot. These are the guys that are your brothers for the battle. Brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, and you'll notice he doesn't say if. Uh, every man knows trials come. Troubles come, temptations come, pains, problems, and perils come. And sometimes as men, we will say, well, I'll just grind through it and then I'll get to the other side or the next season. The truth is, it's always something, right? If, if, you're, if, you're, if you're a young guy and you're hopeful, let me fix that for you, okay? If you're a young guy, you're a young guy, you're like, it's rough, but I'm sure it'll get better. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, 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 doesn't. Because when you're single, you're like, oh, it stinks being single. I can't get, I can't wait to get a wife. Be, you're like, well, this probably gonna be more work than you're anticipating, right? Like, yeah, and I'm just telling you, some stuff's gonna go down. I'm just telling you right now. And then you're married and you're like, oh, it's hard right now. I'm sure it'll get easier when we have kids. Um, 
no, no, zero people have said that in the history of the human race. It was hard until we had kids. And then, oh gosh, it's just really simplified itself. Uh, and, and, then, and then you think, well, okay, the kids are little, they're throwing up, they're, you know, uh, they're wet in the bed. Um, you know, they, they, don't, they can't do any chores. I can't wait till they're teenagers, that'll be great. Nah, so every season has got its challenges. And what can happen as a man is you just put your head down, you stay busy and you grind through it. Next thing you know, it's 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, and you still haven't found the joy. All you found is the trials, the troubles, and the temptations. So what he's talking about is as the trials come, they're gonna find you. You gotta look for the joy, you've gotta find it. Uh, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And so what he's talking about here is, um, how many of you guys go to the gym? Some of you, we can tell. <laughs> you're like, uh, some of you, you haven't made it. Okay, you're like, yeah, I, uh, I was gonna go to the gym, but there's, you know, Haagen-Dazs is between me and the gym and I always get a little distracted. So for you guys that go to the gym, how important is resistance training? It's everything, right? Exercise is all about, you can't get stronger without resistance. The same thing is true of your soul as it is for your body. You can't get stronger without resistance. What a trial is or a test is, it's resistance training for the soul. It's gonna mature you in character. It's going to make you stronger and healthier. And just like we work out physically, we also need to work out spiritually. And as we endure and persevere through trials, the hard seasons, the tough stuff that shows us we didn't choose it, that's resistance training for the soul and it gets a man spiritually strengthened. So I've got three questions that I just wanna hit with you. First of all, what are your trials? And these will be the discussion points around the table. Now, we hit it a little bit on, on the weekend. So, Unlike any time in human history, we now have global problems. It used to be we didn't have airplanes and travel and you didn't have multinational corporations and you didn't have the internet and international media. So what happened somewhere else doesn't have anything to do with me. So now we've got global problems. I mean, recently this has been highlighted with China and Afghanistan and other curse words. And, and uh, you know, we got global problems, but then in addition, true or false, we have some national problems. Just hypothetically, maybe we have some leadership issues near the top. We're gonna just throw it out there, right? We just found all the Democrats like, it's going great. Okay, no, no, it's not. We're gonna drug test you. You, you need to get saved. So, um, so true or false, we may have some national problems, but then we also, from, we're even finding from state to state and region to region, you've got other additional issues and struggles and problems. And all of these are things that as men, we have to deal with. And then in addition, you've got your personal stuff. So let's just do this right now. What are some categories individually that the men in the room are going through a trial in right now? So relationships, you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to get along with my wife, trying to figure out how to get my in-laws are acting like outlaws, my, uh, my kids, prodigal, uh, stuff at work is a head-on collision, relational stuff. What other trials are guys going through? What's that? What? Lust. Lust. Oh, I thought he said muscle. I was like, huh? What? Who let that guy in? Okay, lust. Yeah, no. Any guy who, there's only two guys who don't struggle with lust. Dead guys and liars. Those are the only two guys who don't struggle with lust. Right? Every other guy, like if you're alive, you're in a battle. 
You just are. So I appreciate the honesty. Thank you, sir. Uh, other struggles the guys are going through. COVID. COVID? Oh, how many of you remember the 14 days to flatten the curve? <laughs> you know, and now, and now, I mean, certain places are rolling back. Certain things are still in conflict. I mean, now we're being told, you know, get a vaccine or lose your job or lose your career, or maybe not get on an airplane. You're like, okay, I mean, life right now is hard and complicated enough and it doesn't seem like it's going to get easier soon. Now we're in Arizona, so we have a little bit of hope. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're saying, well, as soon as all our problems get fixed, then I'm gonna have joy. Here's what I'm telling you. You may be waiting a very long time. I think before our economy and vaccines and military decisions and economic choice, before all of this gets figured out, Jesus will probably be back before this all gets settled. And if so, I'm so great with that. Like I'm, I'm calling in sick, like I'm, I'm done, okay? But how many of you, you do, it's been a trial just, and, a, and it's been a complex series of variables. And it was, I'm just gonna grind through, but now you're like, I don't think grinding is gonna do it. Cause it doesn't seem like it's gonna get back to normal anytime soon. And it doesn't seem like things are gonna come together anytime soon. Emotionally, we sense that, right? Okay. Other struggles or trials that men are in right now in the room? Sometimes health, accidents, physical. Some of you guys have got really major physical problems or issues. Some of you, it's a family member, it's a spouse, it's a kid, it's somebody you know or love. You, you, you know, when you're, a, when you're a strong man and you feel strength, you know, you just feel a little more confidence. But as a man, there's something about not feeling like yourself, not feeling full strength. There's a point in every man's life where he doesn't feel like he could defend himself, either because of injury or age. When those transitions come for a man, that's a big thing. There's a point in every man's life where because of illness or age, he ceases to be a threat. When that day comes, that's a hard thing for a man. You don't feel exactly like you felt. You're dealing with the limitations of your humanity and the fallen nature of our world. And it's just like, my body is not exactly what it used to be. Other hardships, struggles that guys are going through in the room. Financial. True or false, it's a complicated economic situation we find ourselves in. And depending upon what your career path is or your job is, I mean, you don't know in two weeks what the regulations are gonna be or how the thing's gonna play itself out. I mean, some of you own you know, properties or rentals and people have not been paying for a year and now they're supposed to, but you've been carrying them. Some of you are business owners. You can't find people to work because the government's out paying you and telling them patriotism is laying on the couch eating pizza, you know, and it's, it's hard and, and it's hard to find good quality employees. And even if you have bad employees, at least you have employees and you'd love to transition them, but you can't improve them. Right now, financially, especially if you're a business owner or leader, it's a really hard time to get some sort of forecasting and forward plan like, okay, you know, how do, how do we navigate the future? Because there's so many variables that are just beyond our control. Other struggles, things that men are just dealing with in the room. Relocating from California. Relocating from California. Welcome brother, you got out, you got out. Um, yeah, that's the left coast. And right now what's happening for a lot of you guys, it's very, very practical. You're in the fastest growing city and county in America. My family, uh, my, my wife Grace and I and our kids, we moved here, I think it was around six years ago, but many of you have relocated. That is, that is taking the snow globe of your life and just shaking it and everything goes up. 
Where are the kids gonna go to school? Where do we work? Where do we live? Where do we go to church? Who are our friends? Uh, you know, I can't find anything unless I use the map app. I don't even know where I am, right? And so many of you right now, you have multiple issues going on simultaneously. And many of you have relocated and that is in and of itself a major thing. When we moved, I had a kid in, high, I had a kid in college, kid in high school, uh, kids at middle school and elementary school. Okay, I gotta find school for all these kids. We gotta find a house, we gotta find a job, we gotta, find, we gotta figure out what we're doing. And it can lead to a lot of tension in the family because anytime there's kinds of major transitions, some people feel like it's working and some don't. So some feel like they're winning and others feel like they're losing. Other things that guys in the room are dealing with? Just, yeah, spiritually. Some guys are like, you know what? God feels like he went on vacation and hasn't come back yet. Other guys are like, I need God to tell me what to do and I haven't heard from him. Other guys are like, I've been in the scriptures, but it's just, you know, it's just not clicking for me. So whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, relational, vocational, spiritual, there's something in every guy's life that would fit in this category of some sort of trial. And it's a testing of his faith. It's a thing that he's going through that he didn't choose, but it chose him. And for some of you, you've got multiple things that are going on at the same time. And some of you, in addition to you, you've got your spouse and they're going through something, so you're in it with them. Or you got kids, I got five kids. They're going through something, so you're in it with them. Or you got extended family, and they're going through their stuff, and you love them, so you're in it with them. Or you got friends, and they're going through it, so you're in it with them. Uh, and, and ultimately, it's, it's just good for us to just be honest and say, this is, this is here's my vice, and uh, this is what's squeezing me. And, and just be honest about it. And why we don't often do that as men is number one, we don't wanna appear weak. We don't wanna appear needy. We don't wanna appear that we don't know what to do. And the truth is oftentimes we're weak, needy, and we don't know what we're doing. Now our wife knows this, but we just don't agree with her. And so what we don't want this to be is the place where guys come just to vent and complain, but guys to be honest and then to seek wise counsel and to pray. And what he's gonna say a little bit later here in James is, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives abundantly without finding fault. What he's saying is, Seek wisdom, pray, and encourage others to pray that God would give you wisdom. So the first thing is kind of what is your trial? What is, your, what is the vice that is squeezing you right now in this season of your life? And then here's the next question. Who is the singular head and who are the plural leaders for the trial? Let me explain this. This is a leadership universal principle founded on the character of God. So welcome to Trinity Church. There is one God, three persons, singular headship, the father, plural leadership, the father, son, and spirit. They do everything in agreement, they work together, but the father is the singular head. And even the language of God the father and God the son, it denotes headship, father is over a son. They are equal, but when it comes to leadership, the father is the singular head and the Trinity is the plural leadership. The way God designed your family, there's a singular head. Who is that? The father, the husband. Plural leadership, who are the leaders? Dad and mom. That's why the Bible says, obey your mother and father. They're both leaders. So in every situation, when there is a trial, there's a circumstance, the question is, who's the head? Meaning, who is the first person responsible for whatever is happening? Ultimately, God is the head, and then God appoints a head. So for example, in Genesis, um, God makes Adam, gives him Eve, 
gives them a job description. Adam and Eve fail, God shows up. Who does he ask for? Adam, he asks, where are you? Because Adam is the head. So he's first responsible. He's the first responsible party. And then God goes and talks to Eve and is like, okay, what have you done? Because she is also responsible, she's a leader. But he's the head, so he's the first responsible leader. This is a crucial, crucial, crucial leadership lesson for men. When something happens, the first question has to be, who's responsible? Who's the head, okay? And what oftentimes happens is when there is a trial, a temptation, there's a crisis, there's an emergency, there's a circumstance or a situation, sometimes the people that should take responsibility, they don't, they don't. And then other people, it's not their responsibility, they insert themselves. Guys who are irresponsible, they just hope that somebody else tags in and fixes it. Guys that are overly responsible, they start taking on themselves burdens and responsibilities that are not theirs, and that's how they burn themselves out, and that's how they neglect their first priority. So you may be the guy who's helping so many people that you've overlooked your own wife or kid. So the question is, what's your trial? And then the trial that you are in, or the trials that others are in, who is the singular head and who are the plural leaders, okay? Because what I don't want you to do, I don't want you to ignore your responsibilities, but I don't want you to adopt their responsibilities. So the, the first thing is, even around the table today, guys are gonna share, here's my trial. So at the very least, we can pray for them. So anybody who's got a struggle, you're like, I'm gonna pray for you. That's one level of investment or involvement. If that guy is going through something and he's not sure what to do, but somebody at the table could be wise counsel, could help him, then you coach that guy. You're like, you're bad with your finances. I'm a financial investor. How about I meet with you and I, I help coach you up. You're a young guy trying to buy your first house with your wife. I've done a lot of real estate. Let me buy you a cup of coffee and set you up to succeed. Other times we go from the supporter, which is praying, to the coach, to where we're actively helping them figure out what to do, to then us getting on the field and being involved. So I'll give you an example. Um, who's responsible first and foremost in the sight of God for my wife and my five children? Me, me, me. So. What that would mean is if one of my kids was having a struggle or a problem, I wouldn't expect one of you to make it your responsibility. It's my responsibility, okay? And if I wasn't doing my responsibility, it wouldn't be helpful for you to come in and replace me, but to have a conversation with me and say, that is, that's your kid, that's your responsibility. Okay? Now that my kids have gotten older, when they were little, I would get on the field and I'd be more active and involved. Now that my kids are older, when they're going through a trial, it's their life, it's their responsibility. Now I'm in the position of coach. So um, yesterday, I do what I do every Tuesday. I took my daughter out to lunch. She's married, she's running real faith. She's amazing, I love her. But she just came and she's just like, daddy. She still calls me daddy, which is awesome. I hope that continues indefinitely. And she said, uh, she said, I still need my dad. She said, I'm grown, I'm married, I make my decisions. She's very responsible. She said, I still need my dad. I said, okay, what can I do? She said, let's do lunch once a week and there's stuff I wanna run by you and I just, I want you to be praying for me and I wanna get your advice on stuff, okay? What she's saying is, 
I'm responsible for my life and dad, I want you to come along and be helpful invited in to coach. Okay, great. What I can't do at lunch with her is said, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this, I'll take care of this. There are things I will take care of her. There are other things like she's married. So her husband doesn't want me being involved. And I, I understand that, that's their marriage. That's not my marriage. I'm not in covenant, they're in covenant. My job is to support and help them not to overly involve myself in their affairs. This is the leadership art as a husband, as a father, as a man and a leader. As a trial happens, there usually is a sense of urgency for leadership because there's, a, there's something that is timely. The clock is ticking, a price is being paid, something is happening, decisions need to be made, somebody needs to act. Every one of us as men, we either have a forward or backward initial reaction and instinct. Some of you are backwards guys, you're like, I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna see what happens, hopefully somebody else takes care of that. And some of you are foot forward guys, you're like, well, if there's a need, I fill it. If there's a hole, I, 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 I occupy it, that's what I do. If there is a trial or when there is a trial, there's a leadership vacuum in need, the first thing you've got to figure out is who's the head? Who is ultimately going to stand before God and give an account for however this plays itself out? If it's you, what do you need to do? Insert yourself. It's like, it's my kid, my kid's not doing well, my kid's failing school, doing drugs, dating somebody they shouldn't, they live under my roof, I'm the dad, I'm the head, our trial right now is our prodigal, and it is my responsibility, I'm not going to delegate that responsibility, I'm gonna assume that responsibility. And then others can come around in that position of coach. Okay, hey, you've got a good kid, your kid was wayward, came back to the Lord, hey, Tell me what you think would be helpful. Any books, any verses, any prayer? How can you help me do my job? As we do life together, at the very minimum, we wanna pray for each other, support one another, encourage one another. There will be times that guys look at you and they're wanting you to fix it. And sometimes you need to look at them and say, this is, this is your responsibility, not mine. You're gonna have to walk this path and figure this out. And then sometimes I'm gonna come alongside of you or someone will, and we're gonna coach you. We're gonna help you figure out how to do that. And then other times you're gonna look at a guy and he's just gotta own it. He's gonna be like, okay, you know what? I need to take, that's my responsibility. Let me say that this is, this is exactly the crisis in the United States of America. Something happens, nobody wants to take responsibility for it. We wanna blame other people for it and then have other people fix it. Meanwhile, God would look at whomever he holds as responsible and say, is that your wife? That's your responsibility. Are those your kids? That's your responsibility. Is that your company? That's your responsibility. So who is the singular head and who are the plural leaders? Who are the people who should be involved? Now, for you overly responsible men, right now, the Holy Spirit is probably showing you some people and things that you've taken on that you shouldn't have. You're like, well, th there was a crisis, so I stepped in. Like, but should somebody else have stepped in and should you have told them that it was their responsibility and maybe coached them up in that responsibility? So the first question is, what is the trial? The next question is, 
who is the singular head and the plural leaders for the trial. And then the last one is, here's the hardest one for the man. The trial comes, you can't choose that, it chooses you. It's a little bit easier to figure out who the head is and who the leaders are. Here's the hardest thing for a man in a trial, joy. Rather than joy, when a trial comes, what are the emotions? We can be totally honest here, real men. What are the emotions that most guys default to? And it's not joy. Anger? Laziness or indifference? Fear? Depression? Frustration? Anxiety? Question. Have any of you ever found those responses to improve you and your situation? <laughs> no. I got angry, boy, that helped. And then I got anxious and then I got depressed, you know? And then I got drunk. That's, that's not a plan. Or it's at least a very bad plan. <laughs> For a man, the hardest thing is not to have the trial or to find who's responsible, but to figure out how to be a joyful, healthy person through it. The best version of you for all the people that are depending on you. Um, this is where sometimes men just get very selfish, they get very broken, they get very grumpy, they get very angry, they get very fearful, none of which helps. Because here's the situation, wherever you lead, you're determining the culture that everyone else lives in. Like you're an angry dad, how many of you grew up in a home with an angry dad? You come home and you're like, this is not a great place to be. And just the environment, it's just tense. How many of you, you had the depressed dad? That was not an environment that was enjoyable to be in. How many of you had the fearful dad, the anxious dad, the grumpy dad, the bitter dad? You're like, yeah, that was not a place that was a life-giving environment to be in. Now, the thing is, now that you are the leader, this can be in your work, this can be in your home, this can be in our church, this can be wherever God gives you influence, the question is, what's in here determines the culture out there? So you need to let the Holy Spirit bring joy in here so that there can be life out there. How many of you men grew up in a home when trials came, the worst version of your father came out? Okay, what we want it to be for you is when the trial comes, the best version of you comes out that the environment around you is one that the people who depend on you and need you, they wanna stick close to you because there's life coming out of you because there's joy in you. And so let me talk a little bit about some ways you can bring joy into the trial. First thing, pray in the morning, pray in the evening and pray in the middle. When he is gonna tell us in just a moment um, to ask God, that's what he says. The more you are going through it, the more you need to be praying through it. And it may be just stopping saying, God, my attitude is not good. God, I'm frustrated. God, I've had a hard day. I know I'm walking in the door and I'm gonna set the temperature for the family. So I'm gonna pull over a mile away. I'm gonna pray for a bit. I'm gonna unburden. I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna get my head on straight before I walk in the door so that when my wife and kids look at me, they're gonna read my face and that's gonna set the tone for the home for the rest of the night. I'm the leader, so I set the culture. 
Pray, pray, pray. And this is where around your table with your guys, we want you guys to be praying for each other during the week. I got a job interview today, pray for me, great. My wife and I are gonna have the conversation that we've needed to have and we've avoided and I'm trying to figure out how to, please pray for us at you know, four o'clock that she doesn't shoot me at 4.07. You know, so you're praying for each other and you're inviting God into it. And for those of us who are verbal processors, praying allows us to talk to God about it before we talk to them about it. Usually your first draft is not your best draft. So let God get your first draft, verbal process with him, and then go home, go to work, go to church, have whatever conversation you need to have. Um, The second thing I would say is listen to the sermon that your body is preaching. When you're in a trial, hard situation, God designed your physical body to give you indicators of how you're doing emotionally and spiritually, okay? So when you guys are in a trial and you know you're not doing good, let's just coach each other a bit. What are some of the signs that your body is preaching saying, eh, we're not doing so good? Fatigue, just total fatigue. And sometimes this can even be just brain fog. Just, I'm just, I can't get up in the morning. I can't get going. What else? Anxiety comes. You can be all the way to a full-blown panic attack. What else? Worry. Worry? How many, some of you guys will carry it in your stomach. You don't feel good. Others of you guys, your immune system gets worn down. So you start getting sick all the time. You get sinus infections. Some of you guys, you start um, trying to wake yourself up or kickstart your energy. Carbohydrates, junk food, caffeine. At night you can't sleep, so then it's alcohol and you're, you're trying to regulate and medicate your body. For some of you, you get uh, tempted more strongly toward pornography or comfort or pleasure or some sort of relief. Some guys get a nervous eye twitch. Some guys get a little hand tremor. Uh, some guys, um, they're gonna have heart palpitations. The point is this, if your body is preaching a sermon in your trial, listen to the sermon. Like, I'm not doing so good here. This, the, the body is telling me that I'm not processing this well. Therefore, I need to reconsider how I'm going through this because the path I'm in is not the path of joy. A couple other things I'd give you and then we'll spend some time in prayer. Uh, when things get darker, you need to go deeper. Some of you are like, well, I read the Bible and I pray. And then you go through a trial, guess what? You're gonna need to go deeper as things get darker. It's like athletes consume more calories than the average person. Your soul, especially during testing and trial, resistance training for the soul, you're gonna need more prayer. You're gonna need more worship. You're gonna need more Bible. You're gonna need more time in God's presence. You're gonna need more time with God's people. Why? Because in it, you're burning more fuel at the soul level. So as things go darker, you gotta go deeper. And some of you are like, I've always read my Bible or prayed or whatever. Maybe you've even got good habits for you. Like, I'm not doing so good. It's because you need more in this season. And I would submit to you, you know, the last year that we've all been through, people are just burning more emotional, mental, spiritual fuel. And so they need more investment of the good, healthy things that God has for us so that they can be healthy and process through it. A couple of others. Um, I'll just... uh, mm, Skip a few. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I hit it this weekend. Even when you get at the table, if a guy's having a good week, rejoice. Because sometimes your joy is not found in your day, it's found in someone else's day. You know, uh, recently 
uh, at, at a rough day. I was having a, you know, sort of a woe is me party. And a guy came up to me. I was like, how's your day? He's like, awesome, I just got engaged. He's like, how are you doing? I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm excited for you. Like, it's, a, it's like one of the best days of his whole life. And so sometimes as a man, finding joy in it is not your joy, it's someone else's joy. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Somebody's around the table or somebody in your family or coworker or family friend is really in a difficult situation, shed your tears, walk with them, love them. But also part of the joy for, for you will be that you got to be used of God to be an encouragement and a help to them. And I'll, I'll just close with this, be the Barnabas. Barnabas is a guy in the Bible. His name literally means son of encouragement. So if your name is Barney, you, you're, uh, your name means encourager. You're the son of encouragement. And Barnabas is the guy who encourages people. How many of you, just let's just be totally honest as men, how many of you can go days without anybody encouraging you as a man? How many of you can't go days without somebody criticizing you as a man? If, if a bank account is encouragements or deposits and criticisms or withdrawals, every man I've ever met, he's in the red. Men tend to get lots of criticism and very little encouragement. True or false? True. So what we wanna be for each other and for our wives and for our kids, we wanna be the guys who are making the deposits, not just the withdrawals. And that is finding ways to encourage one another. And one of the ways we build a culture of joy around us is by encouraging one another. And let me just say this, I'm encouraged that you're here. I'm proud of you for deciding to show up to a men's group when you could have done something else. I'm proud of you for now gonna have a conversation with guys, because guys gonna do this. I'm proud of you for praying for each other, because. This never happens. In addition, I'm proud that you're here. I'm proud of you because what you're saying is, I do love the Lord. I do want to be healthy. I do want to lead and love well. I do want to find joy. And I'm trying to find the guys who are gonna help me to get there. And I want you to have this be, and this is the word over this school year and season. We want this to be the place of encouragement for men. I love you, I'm praying for you, I'm sorry, I'm here to help, I'm proud of you, that was a big deal, you took the right step, you messed it up but you owned it, we can fix it. We want to be those guys who encourage one another. And I want you, if you go home to your wife, how can I be the Barnabas, encourage her. With your kids, how can I be the Barnabas, encourage them. You go to work, be the Barnabas, how can I encourage them? Because here's what's happening in our world, everybody's freaking out, and nobody is encouraging anybody. We're either criticizing one another or we are triggering one another. We are not encouraging one another. And so what we're gonna allow you to do, uh, you're gonna hear a testimony, I'll close in prayer and we'll finish the online. And then we're gonna give you guys good time to encourage one another, to pray for one another, to support one another, and to put joy in one another. And then wherever God has you to go and to lead, we want that joy in you to come out of you to encourage and bless others. Father, thank you that I have an opportunity to talk a little bit from James. And God, we just confess that the world in and of itself is just a beat down. And for 
this last season, it, it's just been a total mess, God. And there's a lack of leadership at every level. There's plenty of anger, there's plenty of fear, there's plenty of blaming, there's plenty of anxiety. There's certainly a complete deficit in leadership and encouragement. So God, in as much as we can help us to be leaders who have joy to encourage others through trials. And Lord, it says that if we do that, we'll become steadfast, we'll become steady. We'll be those guys who stay focused and push forward and don't lose sight of true north and who and what matters. God, I wanna honor all of the men who've joined us live and online. I wanna encourage them that what they are pursuing is right. And as a father, your heart is pleased with them and for them. And I pray for their discussion and prayer time, God, that this would be a night of encouragement in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks for letting me teach. This is the end of today's sermon. We hope today's word encourages you to be stronger men of Christ. If you live in Arizona, I invite you to attend Real Men. We meet every Wednesday night here at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. For more resources like this, visit realfaith.com. And remember, it's all about Jesus.